Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to be discussing a little bit of Patriots news that could lead to some uh, free agency signings um, that would, in my opinion, help this team in a big way. And if it's realistic, and we're going to talk about all of that, then we're going to give you a kind of reset of the depth charts post-draft, post-Celtics-KP uh, trade, um, who is still here, and what our roster looks like, and where we might need to address some holes um, going into free agency. So, let's get started. Um, now, there are a bunch of Patriots uh, rumors that have been circling about two players specifically that are free agents, both of which had uh, pretty decent careers so far and find themselves on the open market. The first one we've discussed and talked about and has been rumored a Patriots target. He's met with the Patriots, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. And last I heard, the Patriots are interested in offering him a contract. Um, He is still kind of weighing his options, and it doesn't sound like there is anything set yet, and he doesn't have any specific time frame. Maybe uh, from some reports I've seen late July, early um, August, uh, but he's taking his time, and right now the Patriots are one team, Tennessee is another, that has shown interest. Um, but there's another name that has made uh, themselves uh, a potential Patriots uh, running back target, Dalvin Cook. Now, Dalvin Cook is someone who was with Minnesota and was a pretty solid running back. He was by a lot of accounts, their best running back and one of the better running backs in this league. And when he was released, uh, it was a very, to me, surprising because he was just so good. But running backs in general are a very sort of fragile position in comparison to some of the other ones out there where, you know, if you're an offensive lineman, you could play offensive line for one team for a whole career or play in the NBA for a long time. And running backs aren't as uh, durable and don't play as long of careers. And Dalvin Cook got released, and he is a free agent. And there was a case to be made on the Pat McAfee show recently that Dalvin Cook to New England should be something that is explored. And it was actually retweeted by Dalvin Cook himself. There was a video of uh, Pat McAfee on his show talking about the Patriots and Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook retweeted that. Now, I don't know if he just retweeted it because it was talking about him, or if it had anything to do with they were talking about the New England Patriots and Dalvin Cook. Now, Dalvin Cook has been rumored a Dolphins target, um, and I haven't really seen anything too much on that outside of the initial um, reports that came out uh, when uh, he was actually released. Uh, But since then, uh, at least in the last two weeks or so, or longer, I haven't seen anything on the Dolphins front. Um, And I haven't really seen a lot in general. And so this is something that obviously um, is going to get most uh, fans um, wondering if he is an actual Patriots target, if there's any chance of him coming here. Because usually when a star player, star free agent, someone puts up a photo, retweets something, everybody just goes crazy. And, you know, it's just how it is with all sports, baseball, basketball, football, more so basketball and football. You know, if... Uh, Damian Lillard were to retweet something 
involving the New York Knicks, the New York fan base would probably go crazy thinking, oh, Damian Lillard to New York, and uh, that's just how sports is. And so um, DeAndre Hopkins obviously would be a big uh, addition at the wide receiver spot, and you assume that if he comes in, he would be your number two option or your number one A alongside Juju Smith-Schuster. And there isn't a world out there that I can see in which Juju Smith-Schuster is your true number one wide receiver throughout the whole season if DeAndre Hopkins comes here. Because Hopkins could be, if he plays at a former Pro Bowl level, the number one. But you're basically giving yourself a chance to actually play uh, with the Patriots, which you might not get that somewhere else. Now, Dalvin Cook comes in, could be your number one or number two, depending on how he plays and how Stevenson plays. Going into it, the Patriots obviously would put Stevenson one, and I think Throughout the season, Stevenson would always be considered number one. But Dalvin Cook could be a number two and a very good number two and can get a lot of snaps uh, and can play a lot. And the fact of the matter is Damian Harris left in free agency. And the Patriots have Pierre Strong Jr., Ty Montgomery, and Kevin Harris as your other three running backs. They got rid of James Robinson. And so you have one injury-prone running back wide receiver and... um, then you have two, last year they were rookies, um, and they played a little bit when Stevenson got hurt and Harris was hurt, and um, they showed signs of um, something. I think they both had a touchdown in that game, but it was uh, short, and it was one of those things where Stevenson was your true number one. And so I don't see a world in which Stevenson actually loses that one spot, but Dalvin Cook can come to New England and the Patriots can tell him, hey, you can be a number two. You know, he could be potentially a James White type wide receiver, running back, third down type guy. And I don't know if it's exactly the same as uh, bringing in Corey Dillon or bringing in like Garrett Blunt, because I think, you know, in the case of Dalvin Cook, he's actually had like a great career. And, um, you know, he has been a very good um, running back. And, if you just look at his stats uh, for this whole season, he's 27 years old, um, and he is uh, someone who was a four-time Pro Bowler. 2022 was his last Pro Bowl, and so he's got that experience, but um, at least in my opinion, he could come in here and give you production. And so to me, bringing both of these guys in, and I saw a few reports that uh, I don't know if they're 100% accurate, but they were talking about how DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook have been in contact about playing together. Now, the Patriots do have cap space. The Patriots do have ways to get more cap space, potentially trading away guys like uh, Devontae Parker or releasing Parker or trading away Kendrick Bourne or releasing Kendrick Bourne. Um, And so it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities for them if they uh, were uh, asked by DeAndre Hopkins to bring Dalvin Cook alongside. I don't see that as a deal breaker. And I don't see Kraft or Belichick going and saying, well, we want you only. You know, If Dalvin Cook wants to play with Hopkins and Hopkins is like New England, this is what you got to do, then I don't see that as an issue. And there are obviously ways to make that happen. Specifically, um, if you get rid of one of those wide receivers and you bring in Hopkins and Dalvin Cook. Now, if the Patriots, let's just say, get both of these guys, which who knows, um, where do they fit into the AFC East? And to me, right now, they're the four. 
there's no real world in which I see them as a 3, 2, or 1 at this juncture. If Mac Jones has a great season, if uh, you know the defense plays great, then yes, um, they can make strides in that right direction. But with the wide receivers they have, with the running backs they have, with their roster, it needs work. If you bring in Dalvin Cook and you bring in, um, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins, well, that's a whole different ballgame. And that just doubled your production at running back and wide receiver because now you bring in two very useful pieces um, to your offense. And your offense goes from shaky to a little bit better. And I think between Gasecki and Hunter Henry and then Ramondre Stevenson and Dalvin Cook and then... Let's just say you have Juju Smith-Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyquan Thornton, and Kendrick Bourne. That's like a very good for um, for uh, the Patriots at least. Uh, and I am a huge fan of uh, those guys coming in. And uh, this is exactly how things could go, and it would be pretty good. Now, I think... There's a lot of uncertainty with the Jets because Aaron Rodgers is a 30-plus-year-old guy, and uh, he has a great team around him, but can he produce? And can he be the quarterback that they are looking for? If he has a very, what I would say, bad uh, experience, um, then, you know, it's not going to be great. Brett Favre went to the Jets at the end of his career, and he wasn't anything super special once he left Green Bay. And so with our wide receivers, maybe uh, Dalvin Cook as well, then we could potentially be better than the Jets. Now, the Dolphins are a big question mark to me. This whole season depends on Tua's health. Because if you have Skylar Thompson in there, if you have Teddy Bridgewater, if you have whatever other quarterback in there, I don't know if they can get it done. The Dolphins didn't do great with Tua on the sideline. And so if they have five games without Tua, I mean, the Patriots could potentially have a better uh, record than the Dolphins. And this is all predicated, to be honest, on uh, the defense looking as good as they did last year, uh, you know, getting production out of Juju Smith-Schuster and DeAndre Hopkins and all of the rest of your offense and Mac Jones with Bill O'Brien turning into Mac Jones of his rookie year and not Mac Jones of last year. And my hope is all of that could take place. And if it does, there is a real chance that they take that number two spot over Miami. And then Buffalo, I think Buffalo is just so dominant. And I don't know if the Patriots could really get by them. But if you get to the playoffs, who knows? And so at least in my own opinion, that's where I could see it going. And it's very possible that at the end of the day, we could be a number two seed in the AFC. And it would be important for our team to uh, get to that point, which is uh, very important. So all signs point to um, DeAndre Hopkins kind of waiting and seeing. I haven't seen much on Dalvin Cook. And if both guys come to New England, then it's a whole different ballgame. But as it sits right now, I'd say we're a four But that's also predicated on Aaron Rodgers having another Aaron Rodgers-type season. If he kind of degresses and goes down a rabbit hole of just kind of mediocrity, then not really uh, seeing big things out of the Jets. But at least for New England, um, you know, it's 
right now a four, but I think they could get better with these guys coming in. Now I want to take a second and give you a look at the updated uh, Celtics roster of depth and where I could see them potentially upgrading uh, and what sort of um, players uh, could come in. And um, looking at you know Grant Williams specifically and what's uh, to come from him, uh, and uh, if there's a chance that they sign and trade him, uh, and some other players as well. So uh, the depth chart at the moment looks as such. Our guards, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Peyton Pritchard, and J.D. Davidson, who is probably going to be on a two-way contract, or they could move him to the actual roster. Uh, then we have our wings, Tatum, Brown, Sam Hauser, and Jordan Walsh, who is the second-round rookie. And then we have bigs, Luke Cornett, Rob Williams, uh, Al Horford, and Kristaps Porzingis. So this is where we sit. So Derek White's probably your starter at the, the guard position. Tatum and Brown are your wings. And then you have Kristaps Porzingis in the starting lineup. And those are the only starters I know of right now. Because I think there's a lot depending on the future moves and what you do with Rob and Al and what you do with uh, the rest of your roster. Now, the Celtics could go with a two-big lineup, and they could go with uh, either Al Horford and Kristaps Porzingis or Rob Williams and Kristaps Porzingis. They could go with Derek White, Tatum, and Brown. And that would basically be your uh, point guard, uh, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. It would be a bigger lineup, for sure. It wouldn't be um, as... Um, I guess it would be traditional with the point guard through center, but um, there is also, as Brad Stevens hinted, a world in which Kristaps Porzingis could play uh, the center position, and then your roster gets filled um, with other guys. And with that being the case, if Kristaps is your center, I would guess Tatum plays the four, and then you would probably find either a wing uh, to play the three, or you would find some sort of a um, either combo guard, or uh, you would find a like six five six six small forward shooting guard guy, and then you'd have Jalen Brown and uh, uh, whoever comes in fill that spot. Um, or you might go out there and say Derek White's not a true point guard. We're going to get a true point guard, and then it would be Derek White alongside uh, said point guard with um, Tatum, Brown, and Kristaps Porzingis. Now. To be honest with you, I don't think they should start Rob and Al. I think Rob is a great bench piece. Al Horford's just getting older, and I think the minutes obviously aren't as big. So for me personally, I think they should try and find someone to either play that wing spot or another guard, maybe a true point guard, and then potentially move off of someone like a Peyton Pritchard and maybe trade him for future picks or a wing or someone off the bench because if you look at this lineup they do have three guards but two of those guards one of which Peyton Pritchard doesn't want to be here one of which Malcolm Brogdon was almost traded and you have Derek White and I just feel like Derek White and Brogdon and this roster I don't think it really worked too well because they had like they didn't have a true point guard and they kept playing Marcus Smart as that point guard. And he's been here and had been there for so long that it was hard to just find someone else. Because it was like you couldn't do that. 
And so now that there really isn't that Marcus Smart anymore, they have Derek White who can fill the Marcus Smart role. He's great on defense and scoring, whatever, and he's a better shooter than Smart. But there is other guys out there that could end up being um, options for the Celtics at the true point guard spot, whether that be some sort of a Fred Van Vliet sign-and-trade or trading, I don't know if you can sign-and-trade two players, but maybe sign-and-trade Grant Williams to Toronto for Fred Van Vliet or going for DeJounte Murray, potentially, and I'll talk about that in a second. And so it sounds like there is a chance that this roster still needs some tweaks and bigger tweaks than just bringing in someone on the mid-level exception, maybe a veteran minimum, and that's about it. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to find some more uh, talent, and this roster is going to get shaken just a little bit more. Now, in terms of DeJounte Murray, I want to talk about this, because Brian Windhorst of ESPN was talking on the Hoops Collective live stream during the draft, and he suggested that the only Hawks player who's off-limits is Trey Young. Quote, the only guy I haven't heard in trade rumors is Trey Young. Um, and uh, it doesn't mean that DeJounte Murray is going to get traded, but there are some in the Hawks front office who want to get rid of a little bit of money. They want to um, kind of get their salary cap situation in a better spot, and so that could be uh, something along the lines of just getting rid of someone like John Collins or getting rid of someone like uh, Bogdanovich or getting rid of... Um, another option that isn't DeJounte Murray and to be honest with you there is a chance that they potentially move him for the right price if it makes sense uh but who who knows and so um I think uh you know there is um a lot of potential for the Trey Young DeJounte Murray pairing to work and if they just added him in um then uh there is uh a high chance that they don't move him but if the right offer comes up, then don't, I guess, be surprised. I mean, nobody thought Marcus Smart would get traded, and he did. So I'm not saying that the Celtics are the same as the Atlanta Hawks, but what I'm saying is that maybe, just maybe, uh, there is a way that he gets moved. But I don't know, looking from a Celtics standpoint, what they have to offer. You know, obviously when DeJounte Murray came in, it wasn't like the uh, Atlanta Hawks gave up any significant players in the deal. It wasn't like they gave up, you know, a star player or they gave up an important piece. It wasn't, uh, you know, DeAndre uh, Hunter going. It wasn't Clint Capella going or Nkongu or anything. It was just salary filler. Um, Gallinari got traded and, you know, some other uh, draft picks. Now, this leads me to the Grant Williams side of things because Grant Williams is a free agent and the Celtics obviously wouldn't want to just lose him for nothing and so there are a lot of teams out there that could have interest in Grant Williams Indiana Pacers are one team that has had interest and the Indiana Pacers it would not be a great situation for the Celtics because Indiana can basically just sign him outright and if they feel like they need a starting power forward and he is that starting power forward then they can just go and say hey we'll sign you to 16 million or 20 million or whatever and it's no issue if the San Antonio Spurs find out that they need someone like Grant Williams, they are a team that has uh, zero incentive to work with the Celtics, even though they've worked with the Celtics on trades before. And they can just sign him outright and just go with it, and that's about it, right? So 
there are teams that would obviously be um, very uh, interested in a sign-in trade. And the best and uh, most likely, because of the rumors, is the Dallas Mavericks. Now, Dallas did get rid of um, one guy in Davis Bertans in a draft night trade, moving back two spots to get rid of the guy. But they still have to sign Kyrie. They still have Christian Wood, who wants to get signed. And there's Grant Williams. And so... If they plan on bringing those two guys back with Grant Williams, then it is very hard to see a situation where uh, they don't consider some sort of a sign and trade. Now, obviously, the most logical would be trading Grant Williams for Tim Hardaway Jr. just straight up, and the Celtics take Tim Hardaway Jr., and I would not be opposed to that. But the Celtics could also try and do a sign and trade with a smaller contract and they could get themselves a first-round pick out of it, potentially. Maybe trading away someone like a Maxi Kleber, and he can go to uh, the Hawks, um, and then a first-round pick, and then the Celtics trade some first-round picks. And there is a world in which DeJounte Murray could come to the Boston Celtics. The only thing I will say is Brad Stevens is not a fan of trading multiple draft picks, and he is the type of person that would trade one pick, um, as we've seen. So it doesn't look too likely that they would give more than probably three picks, which would be the pick they got from Golden State, a pick from Dallas in this case, and a first-round pick of their own either in 2024 or 2025. But to me, it seems like there's a lot of hurdles uh, to go in it. And um, what we could see is a deal, some sort of Bogdanovich deal maybe, where Bogdanovich comes to the Celtics. Grant Williams is signed and traded to Dallas, and Dallas gives a first-round pick to the Atlanta Hawks, which is more likely than uh, anything because I think that's a very uh, possible situation. They could also try for DeAndre Hunter, but he's a lot younger, so I don't know if that would be um, a very advantageous move on the Hawks' part. But if they're looking to get rid of some money, then I think there's... uh, maybe a case to be made that he's a better player to move. And even if the Celtics have to give up an extra pick in the process, I don't see that as too much of an issue. So um, that is something to watch for. But Grant Williams probably is not coming back. And Kristaps Porzingis basically, in my opinion, squashes the Grant Williams chances for joining the Celtics. And I think he is probably going to end up somewhere else. And so it would, as I said, be more advantageous to trade him to a team that has, um, you know, the potential to bring him in via sign and trade rather than someone who's just got the cap space open. You know, the Celtics could um, sign and trade him to Brooklyn because um, they have uh, a little bit open cap space, but I think they could try and make something uh, work, whether it's like a Grant Williams for Royce O'Neal straight up or a Grant Williams for Dorian Finney-Smith, which that might need some extra oomph to do. Uh, that deal, but there's the possibility. Or they could try and do a sign-in trade with Portland, and they could do like a Jeremy Grant sign-in trade for Grant Williams sign-in trade. The only issue with that is they would be hard-capped, because if you're signing and trading for someone, you're going to get hard-capped. The Celtics signing and trading um, Grant Williams for Tim Hardaway Jr. is not going to hard-cap you. The team trading the guy away doesn't get the hard-cap, so... um, Maybe sign-in trades on both sides might not be what the Celtics are looking for. But in theory, they could find someone and they could make something happen. But who knows? And I just don't see Grant Williams coming back with this roster. Now, 
Um, I think the Celtics um, are a team that uh, they're probably going to use the mid-level exception, and they're probably going to go out and get a veteran who can fill that um, spot. Uh, one guy that has been mentioned as a potential target, which it might be way out of their range of comfort and way out of the range of price, is Bruce Brown, who is a uh, Boston, Massachusetts guy and just won a championship with the uh, Denver Nuggets. And I don't see a world in which Denver openly just gets rid of him and lets him walk away. But if he gets a lot of money, they can't really do much, and it's probably going to be a situation where he has to go uh, somewhere else. And so I would love Bruce Brown on our team because I think having him and Brogdon off the bench would be a great one-two punch, and I think he could really fill in as a wing. I think he's like 6'4", 6'5". Um, so I like that if it's possible. Um, there are obviously other names on the list that might be more in their wheelhouse. Um, but again, it's something that we're, we're going to have to watch uh, what Celtics do because this roster at the moment is obviously not what's going to be your day one starters for a roster. And I think they're going to be looking for every way to get themselves to be better. And obviously we saw that with Porzingis, who um, on most accounts uh, it was told I was told from articles and tweets and stuff that he wanted to come to the Boston Celtics, and that was his preferred destination. And so the, one of the reasons why he didn't push back on this time frame, he had a chance to extend his uh, deadline an extra 24 hours, and he didn't because he wanted the Celtics to make a trade because why wouldn't you want to play with a championship-caliber roster? And if you're a guy like Porzingis, you're looking at the Celtics and saying, you're a great team, I can make you better. And I think Brad Stevens has reiterated since the Marcus Smart trade that he's balanced the roster out, which is important. I like what they got going. I think this is a good team. And there's going to be some more changes, and we'll see where they come. But right now, uh, this is kind of where they sit. And this is sort of the calm before the storm of free agency. Because usually free agency is like the first three days, everyone gets signed. And then after that, the other players kind of slowly trickle in with the contracts and there hasn't been a ton of like trades and even on draft night there was some you know draft pick trades but it wasn't like players really got moved like big name players didn't get traded away yet and so we'll just kind of have to watch how this goes and move in that direction and talk about all those moves when they come.